So who won the big game? We all did. Of course, we're going to talk about that Doctor Strange trailer, as well as Episode 8 of Peacemaker on today's episode of the Geek Watch Podcast. This is the Geek Watch Podcast with Brian Hatcher and Mandy Petrie. Greetings, Geek Watchers, and welcome to episode 139 of the Geek Watch Podcast. I'm Brian Hatcher, and with me, as always, Geek Watch's own resident geek goddess, Mandy Petrie. Hi, Brian. Let's bring it up. We're going to talk about the big game, and we're going to call it the big game because we don't want to get sued. Uh, uh, yes, the uh, the season finale of, of the <laughs> sports ball, uh, <laughs> major sports ball league. Yeah, and of course, everybody talks about the commercials. Right. And they had a few geek-centric commercials <laughs> we did get to see. A little bit of a trailer for the new Lord of the Rings series that's coming out. Yes. Mm-hmm. And we did get to see a little bit of the Moon Knight. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Another couple of scenes, and that's going to be coming out in March. But we got to talk about that Doctor Strange trailer. Yes. We actually got two of them because they didn't want to spend all the money it was going to cost to get two minutes of, oh my gosh, of yes. commercial time. So they got just enough to let people know that the full-blown trailer had dropped. Now, what was interesting was the little small teaser for the main trailer did still have a couple of scenes in it that we didn't see in the main trailer and a couple of hints. Mm -hmm. But then we got the big, massive trailer, which had a couple of scenes from the teaser trailer that we got after Spider-Man. But there's a lot of stuff there and a lot to talk about. Mm -hmm. So, well, first of all, since this trailer has dropped and since they dropped the new poster, of course, the internet, the geek world has been Tearing this stuff apart, playing oh, yes. the trailer back frame oh, by my frame. Yes. They have been going over the poster with a literal microscope, <laughs> trying to pull every little bit of information that they, they can get out of everything. Some of it's a little reaching. You know, uh, that's uh, a little far-fetched. Oh, for um, sure. And I found it really amusing that a lot of these breakdowns for the trailer, they say, well, you know, this is an absolute confirmation of that this is going to be in the movie. Uh, (laughs) But then you're like, are you sure? Right. And then somebody else does the same thing. (laughs) And they say, well, no, this is a confirmation of something else completely different. And it's like, (laughs) wait a minute. So who's right? (laughs) Again, looking at the poster, like you were saying, a lot of the speculations things that people think that they see in the poster are stretching a little bit but there's one thing that is pretty obvious in one of the shards and that is a very familiar looking shield oh yes with the union jack on Mm -hmm. it and so we may wind up getting captain carter captain carter there is so much that we could talk about as far as this trailer because there's so Mm -hmm. much speculation there are literal hours worth of videos of people breaking down these trailers frame by frame (laughs) Of course, that's fun and exciting, and uh, when the movie finally does come out in May, it was supposed to come out this month, but again, with COVID and everything else, everything's just getting pushed. Mm -hmm. But what's really going to be interesting for me is because of the fact that they've pretty much opened the door to all kinds of things. And going back to where some people have been saying, you know, if you're going to put Professor X in the movie, why do you tell anybody? Why would you spoil something like that? And to my mind, I think the reason why they did it was because it's cool, but that's just the tip of the iceberg. Uh-huh, we have a okay. ton of other <laughs> stuff. See, I'm thinking we want people to see this. 
We want people to be excited. But, you know, as far as all the Marvel movies, Doctor Strange was filler episode. A few plot points, but wasn't anything like a Black Panther or an Iron Man. You know, these were the much bigger movies. This is for plot point. This is for so we can open it up and we can bring him in to fight with the Avengers. So, you know, as far as what's going to drag people out and make them want to see Doctor Strange... All this awesomeness is make going to mm-hmm. make people want to come out and see Doctor Strange. Well, I know that you weren't as enthusiastic about the first Doctor Strange. I liked it, but if I had to list all the Marvel movies from favorite to least favorite, that's not up at the top. I think Ragnarok is probably my top one. Mm-hmm. Doctor Strange was a bit polarizing for people. There wasn't like a universal feeling that this was a great movie. Mm-hmm. I was spoiled, I have to say, because I saw Doctor Strange in IMAX, mm-hmm. and getting to see it in IMAX makes it a completely oh, yeah. different experience. Almost so, Inception-like, and, and hey, you know, I'm still talking like fifth place in the Olympics. Yeah. While it's not a gold medal, you're still fifth place in the Olympics, yeah, you know? I will say one thing that this trailer indicated to me is that what if is a bigger deal than I thought it was going to be. Mm-hmm. I thought the What If series was going to be a nice diversion. It mm-hmm. was just a you know, different way of looking at the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Oh, yeah. But I didn't realize just how much of that was going to filter into the MCU and how much that was going to play out in the films. But just this thought that, oh, no, we're not done with that yet. No, mm-hmm. this is going to play into a a bigger role but then again that's the thing about marvel is not very often is there something that they do that's throwaway they're always using what they're doing to introduce more stuff and so what if obviously seems to be like a huge part of the multiverse of madness as much as it felt like that trailer may have tipped off too much there is obviously so much stuff going on that they're not telling anybody Mm -hmm. but rumors are absolutely running rampant oh yeah (laughs) so may can't get here soon enough (laughs) so now immemorials are never fun oh yes i had almost forgotten yeah Mm -hmm. so we got we have to talk a minute about ivan reitman who uh, passed away last saturday he helped engineer a huge part of my young life Mm -hmm. of course everybody's going to remember him for ghostbusters and ghostbusters Mm 2 but i remember other of his comedies Meatballs and Stripes uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. and Twins and Kindergarten Cop. Yes. With him, John Landis and Steven Spielberg, those were the directors that basically made the films of my young life. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And even very recently, he was working in executive producing. I know that he was executive producing a television show of Stripes that was supposed to be coming out. Really? Oh, that's interesting. And, of course, he was working a lot with his son, Jason. Mm-hmm. He was an executive producer for the new Ghostbusters movie. So, I mean, this guy was continually working right. more as a producer now than a director, but he was still getting in the director's chair. But he was a seminal director when it came to the 80s and the 90s mm-hmm. and contributed a great deal to pop culture, to films, comedies. He certainly made his mark. And, I mean, it's a shame that it's over for yeah. sure. Thank but, you, Ivan, for yes. everything. So, we are going to have to talk about, (laughs) we've seen episode 8 of Peacemaker.
Now, of course, I was going to say it is sad that we've seen the last episode and it's over. And mm -hmm. it's going to be sad that we're playing this music for the last time. But I can't say that now. I don't think so. Mm -hmm. Because they announced before they aired the last episode, we are getting a season two. Yes. Oh, it's so exciting. When you're playing that song, usually in my head I'm doing the choreography. And now I get to think about that amazing fight scene that yeah. they set to this music. And it was the exact same music. They didn't alter it in any way. Right. And they made these beautiful shots. And I, and I was thinking, man, I kind of wish this was in 3D. Because that would be a really cool sequence to see in 3D. Mm. We're going to talk spoilers for a bit, obviously. Because I definitely want to talk about not just this episode, but what's gone on for these eight episodes. I said this before, that I thought this was one of the best superhero TV shows ever. Yep. I wondered how I would feel about them as compared to the Marvel TV shows. Mm -hmm. And I don't think I'm ready to say that there's no Marvel TV show as good as Peacemaker was. But I'm also not prepared to say what Marvel TV show would be better than Peacemaker. They're going to have to sit on the same plane for a while. Mm -hmm. And we don't have to compare them, of which, um, you know, me and my rose-colored geek glasses, I love everything that I watch. You know what? And I think mm -hmm. that's a very good outlook to have on it. Mm -hmm. And I am going to talk a little bit about the Marvel-DC competition that some of the fans have had for a long mm -hmm. time. Mm -hmm. And I have to admit, I've fallen into that trap myself. Mm-hmm. But honestly, with this television show, we have seen so much really good writing, good storytelling. And a lot of people, myself included, went into the show going, well, this is going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be gun, so it's going to be fun. <laughs> but it just seemed to me this was going to be like a fun little side project that he did. And it's going to be fun watching John Cena doing what he does best. Cussing shoot guns. It's going to be a fun little diversion. What I certainly <laughs> didn't expect that it was going to be as big a deal as it was. Yes. That it was going to be as not just as funny as it was. Because, I mean, I expected it was going to be funny and entertaining. <laughs> but also just heart-wrenching in some cases. Oh, absolutely, and so deep. And, and yeah. Peacemaker is such a deep, harsh character. You know, we're talking on the level of, like, Oedipus and Hamlet here. Yeah. You know, it's it goes back, and we learn that, and we can feel it in everything he does, and beautiful. I think I said this when we talked about the first three episodes, and it played out through the entire show. This show didn't need to be as good as it was. We would have been happy with, <laughs> you know, the fun little frolic, but we got so much more. Mm -hmm. It didn't have to be as deep as it was. It didn't have to be as complex as it was. It didn't have to be as nuanced as it was. Mm -hmm. But James Gunn does not do anything halfway. No. Mm -hmm. He doesn't. You know, even though this was a project that he basically wrote between projects. <laughs> yeah, but now he's like Picasso drawing on a napkin. <laughs> you know. Yeah, it's still... <laughs> Amazing. Yes. Mm -hmm. Not a lot of people expected a lot out of this show, but once word spread, that's the reason why I think the numbers for episode eight were like 43 or 44% larger than the first episode, mm -hmm. the opening numbers, because word just spread and people were like, you don't understand. you got to watch this. Th mm -hmm. This, is, this mm -hmm. is an amazing show. It was like I was telling my sister uh, to tell her husband, and she said, well, he didn't like Suicide Squad. I was like, it, trust me, it doesn't matter. <laughs> it <Yeah>. does not matter. <laughs> yeah, and that's 
of course, the question on that is, was it the first Suicide Squad you didn't like, or you didn't like James Gunn's Suicide Squad? Hmm, you know, I'm not certain. I'll have to recheck that. Because I wasn't a big <laughs> fan of Suicide Squad mm-hmm. for a bunch of reasons, which we've talked about. But James Gunn's The Suicide Squad, mm-hmm. a much better movie, although it didn't really get the recognition I feel that it deserved. Mm-hmm. People who watched it loved it, but I think there was just too much of a, uh, a taint on mm-hmm. it because of the first one. Right. Warner Brothers was just releasing stuff out there in the void anyway, and so you could just sit at home and watch it, which mm-hmm. I have to admit, I did. Mm-hmm. But, wow, it was better than it had any right to be as far as a movie. And it really solidified The Suicide Squad as a fun romp. And it was it's what the first movie should have been, mm-hmm. uh, but just couldn't do. Seeing what they were able to do with this show with basically like a low, low-tier character that <laughs> nobody really would have cared that much about, but you have somebody with the talent of a John Cena, and who would have thought anybody would say that? But again, I, and I've said it before, and I'm going to continue to say this, one of James Gunn's great abilities is to find talent where nobody else can see it and to develop it and showcase it in its best light. Mm-hmm. So can we talk about that? the end of battle? Yes. <laughs> oh, my for, gosh. We have to talk about this for How a couple of reasons. How amazing was that? Oh, a my gosh. A Justice League cameo. Now, what, what made this... You're too late, you dickheads. Oh, <laughs> it was wonderful. Now, <sighs> here's the thing, and I don't have all the facts on this, so I'm doing a little bit of speculation, perhaps. I feel like, of course, when we first saw it, we saw everybody in shadow. Right. Mm-hmm. And I expected that that's what we were going to get. Me too, yes. That we weren't going to see anybody. Yeah, and I just, think they're going to walk past them and everything, and they're not really there. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> and I think that's the way that it was originally filmed. I think that that was what they figured they were going to get. But then <laughs> Peacemaker became the powerhouse and the thing on television. <laughs> so I think basically that Warner Brothers said, well, we've got a couple of superhero movies coming out. We need to put them in it. <laughs> You know, because we've got Aquaman coming mm-hmm. out. We've got The Flash coming out. We like, hey, guys, can you uh, drive over to this lot for now, us? Now, <laughs> here's the thing. i gotta, I got to talk about this because, okay. of course, they couldn't say anything about this uh, mm-hmm. because they didn't want to spoil the cameo. But now that it's been revealed, mm-hmm. James Gunn did a bit of an interview, and I found out something really fascinating. These cameos were a bigger deal than even any of us knew. Of course, they had to do a reshoot to change that where they were just kind of walking past these shadowy characters that we actually we actually got to see Aquaman mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. The Flash, which right. was awesome because it almost feels like they had planned it because how much time they had been spending talking about Aquaman and <laughs> yes. other superheroes. That was the running gag uh-huh. through the entire series was... Yes. Talking about Wonder Woman or Good. Superman being into and weird stuff. Green Arrow going to brony conventions. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. And when I was re-watching the show, I cannot believe I missed in the first time I watched it. When they have this whole scene talking about Batmite. Who yeah. talks about Batmite? <laughs> oh, yeah. it's brilliant. Batmite and Kite Man. Who, <laughs> well, Kite Man appeared in the Harley Quinn animated series. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. But we get a Kite Man reference. <laughs> yeah, uh, just amazing <laughs> stuff. But here's the thing. Basically, when Peacemaker blew up and everybody was getting a shine from it, Wigwam, their song being the theme for this show, Mm -hmm. literally being dropped by their agent three days before the show aired. Oh, I bet that agent is hurting now. Yeah, very much so. I would say so. 
Now, suddenly, they've become extremely popular again. Really? Uh-huh. Yeah. So that happened, and this show just became really popular. So now it, there's an appeal there to go, hey, we need to get Aquaman and, and the Flash in there to kind of get a bit of a shine mm-hmm. so that people will be interested in the movies. Now, Aquaman was a bit easy to get that cameo because at the time, he was currently filming Aquaman too. So he's in costume and not a problem. They can do a quick film of him for his cameo and no problem, right? (laughs) The problem is The Flash, Ezra Miller, they had already finished filming The Flash. Mm-hmm. So it's not like they could go on set and film him, right? Right. And at that time, and I think still going on, James Gunn is filming Guardians of the Galaxy 3. Mm-hmm. So it's not like you can take Ezra Miller, put him in the Flash costume, bring him to the set of Guardians 3, and use Marvel's cameras to film his bit for Peacemaker. Or, or can you? Except that he asked Marvel, and Marvel and Kevin Feige said, yeah, go ahead. (laughs) Oh, that's awesome. (laughs) Yeah, so going back to the whole rivalry thing, we may have this Marvel versus DC mentality, but... Rivalry doesn't mean enemy, and rivalry makes you better. Yeah, so Mm -hmm. to me, it was just a wonderful story to hear. And so we got this wonderful, wonderful cameo that I wasn't expecting. Mm Mm-hmm. Even when they appeared, I was like, oh, that's cool. I'm, I I know we're not going to get to see him, but that's so cool. Mm-hmm. And it's like... The closer he gets, you see his hair and he turns around. I was expecting it to be a body double with Jason Momoa's hair and he turns around. There's his face. Oh, I, I it's was like, thrown. Are they doing CGI? Can they do, <laughs> and, then, and then he spoke and you're like, they actually brought him in. And then it says Ramilla. They actually had him. Now, of course, they weren't on the same set together. Right, you know, they but, filmed him separately, but... You know, the fact that we got that, and that, again, Beautiful. it was just chef's kiss. Mm-hmm. It was brilliant, absolutely brilliant that we got to see that. But this whole show has been about getting more than you expected, you know. Mm-hmm. It's like going that extra mile to give you something wonderful. And one of the things for me that was really wonderful about the last episode, episode eight, we did have that black and white villain of Peacemaker's dad. I mean, mm-hmm. he was evil and he was just an evil person. Mm-hmm. There wasn't any shades of gray to him. Nope. No redeeming qualities, nothing. Nor should they be. A sympathetic racist? Yeah. No, there's no place for no, that uh-uh. in anywhere. You dogfight your kids, you need a shot in the head. Exactly. He helped to really develop Peacemaker as a character. But it also gave the viewers who are used to watching superhero movies, who are used to a black and white villain, mm-hmm. something to kind of fixate on. But what I really loved was the butterflies weren't exactly that black and white villain. Right. You know, you know they really, you can empathize with what they're going through. Yeah. You understand why mm-hmm. they're doing what they're doing. You may not agree with their tactics, mm-hmm. but it's not like you can really argue. And it made sense that the butterflies would have the plan that they had and that one of them might look at it and go, no, we can't do this. This isn't right. Right. Regardless of what good we're trying to do. To have that kind of subtlety and that kind of nuance in a villain, right. you don't expect that. Yeah, I mean, this show, top to bottom, it over-delivered constantly. Yep. It was that show that when you got the first three episodes and by the end of it, you were like, I did not expect any of this. This yes. is so good. And wondering how in the world are they going to be able to stick the landing? And they did. Perfectly. That last scene with his last little bit of jelly eagerly going off and then that his dad sits beside of him. And I'm, you know, where are we going? I am so excited to see what's next. I cannot wait. And we're getting the season two. They've Mm -hmm. already announced it. 
And I figure once James Gunn is finished with Guardians 3, there may be time to start writing it. But honestly, geek television doesn't get better than this. And I, if there's anything that I worry about James Gunn in this situation is, how do you top this? <laughs> it has set the gold standard to my mind. Mm-hmm. Certainly, I would say that the people at Marvel are probably looking at that show and going, we need to step up our game too. Right. That's although, what, that's... let's be honest, mm-hmm. what they've been doing on television is amazing. Yes. And mm-hmm. although we didn't talk an awful lot about the big games, little trailer they did for Moon Knight, but oh, yeah. I'm mm-hmm. really fascinated to see what they do basically with, Marvel's mm-hmm. Batman. Yeah, in, in March we're getting Moon Knight and the Batman. And so, the Batman. you know, we're, we're going to get those Three together. hours. A three-hour movie this thing is, uh-huh. the Batman. Yep. It is a wonderful and time also, to be And also, I thought you would appreciate, I don't know if you heard what Robert Patton said, they asked him about Death in the Family. Mm-hmm. And did you hear what he said about it? No, I didn't. He said, only if Robin is 13. Yeah. Yeah, and I thought that, you know, you would appreciate that with the way you, you wanted Peter Parker to be Peter Parker age. Yeah. So um, he said people are afraid of that, but he said that he would do it if that's yeah. the way they went with it. And, yeah, because yeah. it should be tragic. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that makes an awful lot of sense. And everybody's talking about the Batman. Everybody's really excited about it. But they're also excited about the pictures that we've been seeing of Michael Keaton in the suit. For Batgirl, right? Yeah. For The Flash and for Batgirl. Oh, I didn't know about The Flash. He's going to start off in The Flash. And I guess because of uh, his performance in The Flash, I was like, well, we got to have him in Batgirl, too. Yes. Um, <laughs> and I've seen pictures of him in the suit, and he's amazing looking. Mm-hmm. And we're getting J.K. Simmons as Commissioner Gordon. I just got to tell you, March is going to be crazy. Yep. And I can't wait to see what they've got prepared for us. I'm ready. So with that said, we come to the end of episode 139. Thank you for listening and tune in next time for the latest in geek news and views with the Geek Watch podcast. For Mandy Petrie, this is Brian Hatcher reminding all the geek watchers out there, we're all geeky about something. Be proud of yours. See you next time. Thank you for listening to the Geek Watch podcast. If you enjoyed this program, don't forget to like and subscribe on your preferred platform and share this podcast on your social media. For links to all the ways you can listen to the GeekWatch podcast, as well as leave comments and suggestions, visit our website at geekwatch.net. The GeekWatch podcast is a Hanging J production.